Wake up, everyone. It's time for the Steve Noble Show, where biblical Christianity meets the everyday issues of life in your home, at work, and even in politics. Steve is an ordinary man who believes in an extraordinary God. And on his show, there's plenty of grace and lots of truth, but no sacred cows. Call Steve now at 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Or check him out online at thestevenobleshow.com. And now, here's your host, Steve Noble. Do we have a filter? Can I put a filter on this thing? Hey, everybody. Uh, good to be back with you. To all my favorite dog-faced pony soldiers out there. <laughs> dog-faced pony soldier. Where did that come from, uh, Mr. President? What's up with that? Um, President Biden, interesting. New York Times, I think, had the poll out there. Did you see that? Five swing states. All favored Donald Trump. So now there's a, a the pressure is mounting. The volume is getting larger to get Biden to pull himself out of it. <clears throat> so we'll see what happens there. Just bizarro land. Uh, I want to talk about uh, that a little bit more today and a couple other things. The there's a few uh, pages of the obviously disturbed, psychopathic Nashville trans shooter from March of this year. A few pages were leaked to Steven Crowder, and he put them on Twitter. Uh, I want to share a little bit of that because I think it's always important for us to uh, get a reminder. I do this with my students. That's why we drag them out. I don't drag them out there. I, I give them a lot of extra credit, basically bribe them to get them out to the abortion clinic with Love Life to come out there and pray <clears throat> to keep them uh, sensitized to the reality of the spiritual war that's out there and evil and the existence of the demonic. And so I, I, I will I will edit some of it as we go, but I want to share some of that today. Uh, and the Nashville police have come out with a couple of tweets that basically verify that this they're like crime scene photos uh, because people are wondering, is this legitimate? Well, it certainly looks like it is. So just a reminder of the darkness and the evil and the demonic that's out there. I'll get to that. The Hamas uh, leadership, the leadership Hamas, uh, as is the, usually the case, are worth hundreds of millions and in some cases maybe billions of dollars. They live in the lap of luxury while their people starve and are uh, caught up in the uh, mess caused by Hamas, the terrorist, psychopathic, Al-Qaeda-esque Islamic fundamentalist organization that kills, steals, murders, basically doing the bidding of its founder. No, not Muhammad, but Satan himself. <clears throat> and so, but but these Hamas terrorist billionaires who live in marble-floored mansions pulling the strings, which is disgusting, as usual. Of course, I want to pray for the municipal elections around the country in Ohio today as the lone state Dealing with abortion, which is a big deal in Ohio. That's a not, unfortunately, in this nation at this time, not a winning topic. Isn't that sad? And so I'm going to pray about the elections as well. But before we do that, uh, many of you, uh, Pastor Chad Harvey, Cross Assembly here in Raleigh, uh, who's just a dear friend of mine, and Pastor Chris Connell, who's his executive pastor, who's guest hosted many, many times on the show. Pastor Chad's been on the show many times, and we've been friends since about 2005. Uh, an incredible witness going on over there, uh, not with Chad, but with Chad's wife, Darla. So I want to take you through this story, and then we're going to pray for them. 
and to uh, and, and many of you on the Truth Radio Network uh, probably have heard Pastor Chad. He's been on for years and a great preacher. But this was posted earlier today. I knew about it. I just didn't know if we could be public with it. But I texted Chad and asked him if we could, if I could share it on the air and could we uh, all be praying for them. And he said, absolutely. Thank you so much. Next week, Pastor Chad Harvey's sweet wife, Darla, who is also Cross Assembly's missions director, will undergo a liver transplant to help little Kara live. Darla is a perfect match for a liver transplant and little Kara needs one immediately. So they're asking uh, to pray for four things. That little Kara, number one, little Kara's surgery would be smooth. Her body would accept the new organ and it would start working and bring healing immediately. Number two, that Darla's surgery would be smooth. Her body would heal quickly and recovery would be um, expedited. Also pray for Pastor Chad uh, to have a sweet spirit of peace throughout all of this. He's going to be staying home for several weeks, helping his wife. Number three, pray for sweet Kara's parents. Uh, Marquis and Alfing, that a peace that surpasses all understanding would guard their minds. And number four, pray that throughout all of this, Jesus would be lifted up and glorified. And a couple other notes. Already some of the hospital staff are amazed that Darla would do this for a non-family member. She simply replied, Kara is family. We are a part of the family of God. Another point, we are excited that the young woman of God, Kara, grows into one day. Thank you to, for, to everyone in advance for your prayers, Matthew 18. 19 through 20 says, again, truly, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them also. And I put that up. I shared that on Facebook uh, just a little while ago with, uh, with a picture of Kara's parents and her sister and then a picture of Darla holding Kara and Pastor Chad on the stage, obviously sharing this with the church. So. Uh, if you would join me, let's pray for uh, Darla, for Kara, and for their families. Uh, an incredible story of the gospel and sacrificing oneself for a neighbor, and in this case, one's liver. And Darla's a perfect match, so a lot to pray for, and that's going to happen next week, probably on the 15th, so I'll keep you updated, and we'll continue to pray for them. But I wanted to pray today and uh, take advantage of the fact that there's many of us together right now. So would you join me in prayer? Let's pray for Pastor Chad, specifically for Darla and for Kara. Father God, we come before you, Lord, and just thank you for your providence, your goodness, your character, your kindness, and how you work through your body uh, for us to minister to one another, uh, both inside the body primarily, but also outside the body. And we thank you for Darla and her willingness to go down this road, Lord, and for the support of her husband, Chad, Pastor Chad, and for Kara and her sister and her parents, Lord, and just pray ahead of this surgery next week, Lord, that uh, we pray for the doctors and the staff that they would just do their jobs perfectly, that there would be no complications whatsoever uh, for Darla as they uh, have to take her liver to get ready for a transplant into Kara. So for Darla's surgery, that it would go without a hitch, Lord, we pray that her recovery would be uh, faster. And, and amazingly so, then expected that there would be no hiccups, no glitches. It would just be a perfect procedure, Lord. And then on the other side, we pray for Kara. As she receives this donation from a sister in Christ, from an older sister in Christ, Lord, that her body would accept that uh, perfectly and that her recovery would be quicker than normal and perfect and that her body would receive that organ with no rejection whatsoever and just pray for Carla's recovery for Kara's recovery for Chad for Kara's parents for all of our friends at Cross Assembly Lord we come before you and we'll continue to do so 
and just pray for this miracle, for this witness of the gospel, for their health and for full healing in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Steve. know you like this song, don't you? If you don't, you have really bad taste in music. <laughs> Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, The Steve Noble Show. Great to be with you. And we are praying for Pastor Chad Harvey. Cross Assembly is incredible wife, Darla, little Kara. She's uh, Darla's uh, doing a, 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 a liver donation uh, to help save little Kara's life. So that's exciting. Speaking of husbands and wives, a little shout out of congratulations to our son, Clay, and his brand new bride, Gail- Kaylee. They got married last night. Uh, that's a whole nother story of God's grace and providence and goodness and patience. And uh, it's just uh, God's grace just continues to amaze me, uh, not only around the world and in the history of the church and the history of the world, but in the history of our family. Whether it be in my own life, my wife's life, our family in general, uh, any of our four kids and two grandsons. And so we just uh, were thrilled last night uh, to see them get married. And the pastor was kind and encouraging. We had a wonderful dinner with Kaylee's parents after that, just the four of us. And that was great. And uh, just congratulations. We're super excited for them. Uh, as they are continuing down this road uh, to walk with the Lord and to build a family and to grow and mature in Christ. And uh, we're there for them. This is as parents. Uh, you, you know, most of you know that that's the deal. It's unconditional. Our love for our children is unconditional. So we're just thrilled for them and walking with them. And, and, and maybe one day I've talked a little bit about Clay's story. Maybe one day he and I will do a podcast together. And uh, he can share his testimony and share his story. and uh, But that's up to him. I'd, I'd be overjoyed to do that with him. I've had my uh, our other son on the show before. Hayden's been on the show before. We did a podcast together about some of our challenges. As he was raised in an uber-conservative home, we were very legalistic when our kids were young. And I was fighting the culture war. And I was all truth and no grace. And that had an effect on our kids. And so... Uh, you know, we've been down a lot of challenging roads and probably the number one mistake I would say I made as a father early on was really, uh, I think, underestimating the spiritual warfare that would come at my family uh, as I uh, came out of the closet of Christian apathy and became more of a public Christian and engaged the uh, culture war starting in 2004. And so there were stories there, and I did that podcast with our son, our oldest son, Hayden, and then we did the show later that day. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, th- th- he said some things that was that were hard for me to hear. But he heard from young people. I heard from parents, you know, people our age, that they were so glad that we were willing to have that conversation. It was about an hour and a half between the two of us to share because a lot of us, a lot of you, a lot of us in the Christian world, you know, our kids grow up, they go off to college, whatever. They, they don't always hold the same exact beliefs about various issues as we do, not denying the faith, but politically, culturally, things like that. And that can cause a lot of challenges in families. <clears throat> and we've been down that road. And uh, God has, once again, been incredibly graceful and just overflowing with his goodness and his kindness. And so uh, we did that uh, myself with Hayden. And maybe one day 
the Lord will open the, the door and I can do that with Clay. We'll see. But congratulations to Clay and Kaylee. We're thrilled for you guys. Okay, let's uh, let's keep moving. Another prayer request because there's uh, municipal elections all across the country today, including here in North Carolina. And uh, I want to pray over that here in a second. And then we're going to get to the rather disturbing content that was leaked out from the trans murderer in Nashville earlier this year. I'll edit that as I go through it, but I think it's healthy to a certain degree for us to remember that the darkness is real, the demonic is real, and to, to keep us uh, prayerful and engaged in the spiritual battle, okay? But in Ohio, especially, this is a reading from an article at the AP, Ohio became the latest flashpoint Tuesday today in the nation's battle over abortion access since the U.S. Supreme Court overturned uh, the right to the procedure last year. Voters are deciding whether to pass a constitutional amendment guaranteeing an individual right to abortion and other forms of reproductive health care. Ohio is the only state to consider a statewide abortion rights question this year, fueling tens of millions of dollars in campaign spending, spending, boisterous rallies for and against the amendment, and months of advertising and social media messaging, of course. Advocates for and against are watching the outcome for signs of voter sentiment heading into 2024 when abortion rights supporters are planning to put measures on the ballot in several other states, including Arizona, Missouri, and Florida. Early voter turnout in Ohio was robust. And so issue two, which will determine the future of recreational marijuana, that's in Ohio, and, and it's just some goofy stuff out there. But uh, this is uh, just the reality. Nationwide polling shows about two-thirds of Americans say abortion should generally be legal in the earliest stages, a sentiment that has been underscored in half a dozen states since the Supreme Court's decision. In both Democratic and Republican states, California, Kansas, Kentucky, Michigan, Montana, and Vermont, voters have either affirmed abortion access or turned back attempts to undermine it. Voter approval of the Constitutional Amendment in Ohio, known as Issue 1, would undo a 2019 state law passed by Republicans that bans most abortions around six weeks into pregnancy with no exceptions for rape and incest. That law, currently on hold because of court challenges, is one of roughly two dozen restrictions on abortion the Ohio legislature has passed in recent years, to which I say publicly, amen. Issue 1 specifically declares an individual's right to make and carry out one's own reproductive decisions. Reread that as having your child killed, murdered, including birth control, fertility treatments, miscarriage, and abortion. It still allows the state to regulate the procedure after fetal viability, as long as exceptions are provided for cases in which a doctor determines the quote, uh, quote unquote, life or health of the woman is at risk. By the way, whenever you see life or health, when it's life, that one's self-explanatory when it's health. I mean, that could be mental and emotional health. I'm freaking out. I mean, I'm depressed. I'm I'm anxious about having this baby. I can't handle it. Well, that's the health of the mother. And then, okay, got it, understood. So go ahead and get an abortion. Viability is defined at the point when the fetus has a significant likelihood of survival. You can tell AP wrote that. The baby a significant likelihood of survival outside the womb with reasonable interventions. Anti-abortion groups have argued the amendment's wording is overly broad, advancing a host of untested legal theories about its impacts. And so we'll see. That's a Republican-dominated legislature is there. We'll see how they respond if voters pass the amendment. So the amendment basically is going to open the door a lot wider for abortion in Ohio, which is, uh, from a presidential perspective, a red state. And this is a battle, and unfortunately, most Americans do not want to get rid of abortion. They're, as you get later in the pregnancy, they get more uncomfortable with it. But the vast majority of Americans, like 75%, want it legal, um, at least through the first trimester. 
Which is interesting when you consider that about 68% of Americans self-identify as Christian. You would think, and I know this is way out there, Steve, so hateful. You would think that if you identify as a Christian, you would be pro-life all the way. Uh, not so fast there, my friends. Don't be a dog-faced pony soldier. Not so fast. Just because you say you're a Christian doesn't mean you are one. Hey, a little test on that. When you get home today, maybe you're home right now, uh, just walk outside into your garage and then send me a note, steve at thestevenobleshow.com, and let me know if you became a car. Just because you're in a garage doesn't turn you into a car. Just because you say you're a Christian doesn't mean you are one. Are you? Do you say it? Raise your hand if you say you're a Christian. That's most of us. All right, follow-up question for you to ponder during the break. Why do you think you're a Christian? We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, The Steve Noble Show. Once again, I left you with a question. Raise your hand if you consider yourself a Christian. All those hands go up. Okay, second question. Why? Why do you consider yourself a Christian? Uh, and then make sure you differentiate yourself from your average demon. Uh, even the demons believe and shudder. What do they believe? Well, okay, you guys, you, you tell me. Okay, let, let me throw some questions at you. Does your average demon, any demon, believe that uh, in God? God is real. Uh, yes, they do. Do they believe that Jesus is real, that he uh, was born of a virgin? Yes and yes. That he ministered on earth? Yes. That he suffered under Pontius Pilate and was crucified? Yes, they, they believe that. Uh, does a demon believe that Jesus was resurrected on the third day? Yes, they do. Does a, did you check all those boxes off for yourself, by the way? Odds are pretty good that you did. Let's keep going. Uh, yes, they believe that Jesus rose from the grave on the third day. Yes, they believe that Jesus ascended and is at the right hand of the Father right now. Uh, hey, demon, uh, do you believe that Jesus is God? Part of the Trinity. Jesus is God, the demon says reluctantly. Yes. Okay, do you believe that uh, the Bible is the word of God and is accurate in all it portrays and teaches? <sighs> the demon says, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Okay. The demon just went through a pretty impressive list of things that uh, he believes. And a lot of Americans would say they believe that too. Uh, is the demon a Christian? No. Thank you, Josh, from the other room. Of course the demon isn't a Christian. He believes all those things. You need to believe all of those things, most of them, not all of them, to be saved most of those things are salvific, which is why Thomas Jefferson, unless he repented late in life, uh, was not a Christian, even though he identified himself as one. He rejected Jesus as God's son. He rejected the virgin birth. He rejected the resurrection. Well, sorry, you can't be a, Christ a Christian and reject those things because you're rejecting who Jesus is. Okay, So Thomas Jefferson liked Jesus as a moral teacher, but not the other stuff, yet he called himself a Christian. Sorry, Tom, you're not. And I hope Tom came to his senses before he died. I do not know that. One day I will. So what's the difference? Where The demon believes all those things, but the demon isn't a Christian. What's missing? Well, obviously, 
uh, a realization of one's sin and separation from God. And a demon knows that. Like, why aren't you? Hey, bro, why aren't you in heaven? Why are you in hell? They know that. Okay. So there's sin there. Um, rebellion. Uh, do you want to be forgiven of that? <laughs> no. Will you confess your sins before the Lord and ask Jesus to forgive you? Will you claim him as Lord and Savior? And your average demon, when uh, given that offer, is going to, you want me to confess Jesus as Lord and Savior? You want me to bow the knee to God? <sighs> Excuse me, this is going to be gross. <sighs> I spit on him. That's your average demon. So you can believe all kinds of things about Christianity are true. But until you bowed the knee and Jesus is your Lord and Savior, the only way you're getting into heaven, not your church attendance, not how dressed up you get on Christmas Eve, not how much money you throw in the bucket, not how many times you go to Africa, not whether you were uh, uh, sprinkled as a baby, baptized as a teenager, whatever. None of that. When you get to the pearly gates, we like to use this, right, in, in the Western world. You get to the pearly gates, and there's St. Peter, and he says, why should I let you in? If, if your answer has anything to do with yourself, you're in trouble. It's not by works, right? You cannot satisfy the requirements of the law. You cannot. Good Protestant, good Baptist, good Episcopalian, good Catholic, none of you. Not me, especially. I'm at the pearly gates. St. Peter's there. Hey, Steve. Hey, good to see you. Uh, why should I let you in? I'm not reading my resume. I don't have one. I'm just lo I'm looking around. Peter, could you move move over? Uh, oh, yeah. I, that's Jesus over there, right? Peter's like, yeah, that's him. Yeah, go ask him. <laughs> go ask him why you should let me in. Because I got nothing for you other than all my eggs are in Jesus' basket. All my faith is in him. And when I did that, I became a born-again Christian. John chapter 3. So go ask him. You're asking the wrong guy. Go ask Jesus. And then Peter walks over to Jesus. Hey, uh, this Steve Noble. Yeah, he's with me. Oh, cool. Come on in. Bada bing. Yes, Vince, there you go. My name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And Jesus already knows that. He doesn't need to flip through the pages. Okay, there you go. Let's keep going. So um, this is disturbing, but we all need to be reminded of the darkness. So somehow Stephen Crowder the uh, conservative commentator comedian. Uh, somebody leaked to him three pages of the Nashville school shooter, the killing uh, transgendered messed up individual, uh, leaked three pages. And then the Nashville police have come out a couple of times in the last 24 hours and like, uh, uh, yeah, it's not blah, 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 blah. Oh, and the crime, then they called it crime scene pictures and like, okay, now they verified it. So there's, there's these pictures on Steven Crowder's uh, Twitter, X, whatever we call it. And it's like somebody's um, three-ring binder kind of thing. Like that, That's what it looks like. And then it's the same writing on all these pages. And, uh, I mean, it's pretty disturbing. And here's an entry from February 3rd this year. Uh, Kill those kids, three exclamation points. Those crackers. Going to private fancy schools with those fancy khakis and sports backpacks with their Adidas. Uh, oh, sorry. With their daddy's Mustangs and convertibles. Can't say the next line. I wish to shoot 
you something something uh kill all you little crackers bunch of little can't say that with your white privileges can't say that i mean this person on the day of today is the day the day has finally come at the top of the page death day march 27th i can't believe it's here don't know how i was able to get this far but here i am I'm a little nervous, but excited, too. Been excited for the past two weeks. There were several times I could have been caught, especially back in the summer of 2021. None of that matters now. I'm almost an hour and seven minutes away. Can't believe I'm doing this, but I'm ready. I hope my victims aren't. There's other stuff on here. A timeline, the day, death day. This person writes out a timeline. Lunch may be around 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. A timeline, literally starting at 6.30 a.m. The demonic is real. Evil is real, whether you're talking about the Nashville shooter or Hamas, which I'll get to in the last segment. It's out there. Satan and his minions hate God. They hate Christ. They hate the church. They hate you. Don't ever forget that. Now, if you're a Christian and you have the Holy Spirit inside of you because you've been born again, according to the Bible, then you cannot be possessed. You cannot have both uh, a demon and Jesus occupying the same space. So you can't be possessed, but oppressed, chased, harassed. Absolutely. And uh, so there was a great message this weekend at uh, the Summit Church here in Raleigh, Pastor J.D. Greer, who uh, just out of the blue, he'd been on sabbatical for five or six weeks and then just did a great message on the demonic, on spiritual warfare on Sunday. You should go look it up on YouTube, get the podcast, whatever, J.D. Greer, G-R-E-E-A-R. And uh, it it was powerful and a great reminder of the reality of evil and spiritual warfare and Satan who's come to kill, steal, and destroy. And he can't, if you're in Christ, he can't take your salvation, but he can put a pretty good dent in your joy. He can go after your peace. And he definitely, listen up, he definitely likes to condemn you. And I've dealt with that for years, just walking into the studio. He loves to remind me of my sin. If they knew what I knew, nobody would listen to you. You're such a hypocrite. Whenever these thoughts are in your head that are condemning, condemns you no hope no uh no reconciliation no upward momentum that that's condemnation that's that's demonic now sometimes we think these things about ourselves so that can happen but but when it's this persistent you're a terrible person you're a joke what kind of you call yourself a christian all that really condemning language you're ugly you're stupid you're unsuccessful you're a terrible father you're a terrible mother you're a terrible wife you're a terrible husband nobody likes you you're not attractive blah 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 your career is a joke those condemning attacks just like the nashville shooter that that's satan and his minions those are demonic thoughts no hope nothing just condemnation condemning you put you in a coffin and nail the lid shut. God on the other side, his language is conviction, but always with love and always with reconciliation and always with hope and always with an upward trajectory. 
Yeah, I know what you did. Of course I know. I love you anyway. Let me help you deal with that. Get some victory there. But I love you. Gets the dirt off your back end. Gets you back in the game. Conviction, not condemnation. We'll be right back. I've been waiting on a war since I was young. Since I was a little boy with a toy gun. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, The Steve Noble Show. I want to pray for all the elections going on across the nation here in just a second. Tomorrow, my buddy, my uh, dear friend, my uh, brother in Christ, slightly younger brother from another mother, Stu Epperson Jr., who is the uh, the founder of the Truth Radio Network. He, he texted me earlier today. He's like, hey, do you have any time tomorrow? I'd love to see you. I'm going to be in town for a little bit. And I said, uh, yeah, three o'clock for a little bit because I've got three classes and then I come here and do the radio show. I said, unless you just want to stay, because he's from Winston-Salem, just to stay and do the radio show with me. Because I wanted to have Stu on before December 22nd, Friday, December 22nd, in case you haven't heard this, is my last day doing the live radio show. I'm going to switch to a once a week podcast in January because I'm going to be focusing uh, everything I can give to Noble U and expanding these classes and reaching more teenagers around not only uh, the triangle where I live, but North Carolina and indeed the entire nation. And not just uh, homeschool high schoolers. But public school, I'd like to get the public school high schoolers, give them the red pill when they're getting the blue pill. And adults, most adults need uh, some help with world history and U.S. history and civics and even Christian ethics. I want to teach and engage as many people as I can. I, I can no longer do both. I can't do both well. So something had to give. And it's radio. So I will be focusing 100% on Noble U. But my last radio show will be Friday, December 22nd. But I will be doing a podcast once a week starting sometime in January. And if you want to be on that list to get the podcast, we'll email you and let you know when they come out. I'll, I'll do them at least once a week. But if, when the occasion arises, I might do them more than that. Uh, we'll just see. You know, it's like kind of a Joe Rogan thing. Like all his podcasts are just episode 1,479, which sounds impressive. And then I'm like, yeah, I've done like 3,500 radio shows. So keep going, Joe. You'll catch up. Uh, so if you want to be on that list, that's just an email list. We'll, I'll send some instructions if you're, let's say, slightly older than 30. And you're like, can I listen to a podcast? Can I watch a podcast? How does that work? I'll help you out. Uh, just text the word Steve, which sounds self-serving, doesn't it? Text the word Steve to 66866. And then we'll get your email and you'll be on that list. And so once the podcast starts in January, I'll send it to you. Uh, we'll get that out uh, whenever I have a new podcast. We'll let you know by email. Okay, and then you can go listen and or watch. So that's going to be out there. Text Steve, that's your message, to 66866. Like if you're going to text your spouse about groceries, you would text to your spouse and you would send them a message, get some ketchup and some mayonnaise and whatever. In this case, you're going to text 66866 and the message is just going to be Steve. Okay, then we'll get your email. So you'll be on there. So Stu will be with me tomorrow. We'll reminisce because we met in 2005. And, And the only reason, one of the only reasons you know who I am is because of Stu and his dad. Uh, Stu Epperson Sr., who went to be with the Lord earlier this year. So we'll reminisce and talk about radio and all kinds of cool. That'll be fun tomorrow. And I'm going to do a bunch of shows like that before December 22nd. Uh, But before we talk about Hamas and the dirtbag billionaires who run it, let's, uh, God help them, let's pray for the election today. Father, we come before you, Lord, again, and humbly just beseech you and ask, Father, uh, that you would uh, bless these elections around the country in Ohio, Lord, where they're flirting with abortion. Uh, just pray, Lord, that they won't open the door wider for the killing of children made in your image. 
And then we pray in all these elections, Lord, for godly men and women to be elected whenever possible. And for people, for dealing with unbelievers, Lord, that we would at least get uh, wise ones, people that have common sense, Lord. But we pray that uh, men and women would win these elections that would be good for the nation in accordance with your word and your spirit and your truth. And we pray for mercy on our nation for so many reasons, Lord, that we don't deserve your mercy. We certainly don't deserve your grace, uh, but you pour it out on us still. Uh, but judgment is in the air, Lord, with what we've done to ourselves in this country. So we just cry out uh, for these elections around the country, even at local levels and school boards or, or county commissions, Lord, mayors and governors. They can all make a big difference in people's lives for the good or for the bad. So we pray for your will to be done, Lord. Help us to do our part, to be prayerful and to vote and to engage. And we ask all that in Christ's name. Amen. Okay. Just the title of this article bugged me. And it's another reminder of what's going on out there. Some truth. The Hamas terrorist billionaires who live in marble floored mansions. Conditions in the Gaza Strip have long been dire with the territory referred to by some as the world's largest open air prison. Even before the outbreak of war in the wake of Hamas's October 7th terror attack on Israel, half of Palestinians living in Gaza depended on food supplied by the United Nations. Who's running that place? Oh, that's right. Hamas. Those conditions have deteriorated over the last month as Israel continues its bombardment of the 100-square-mile strip and its mission to destroy the Hamas terror group. But as the territory's 2.3 million people suffer, several hundred millionaires are registered in the coastal strip. And while the majority of citizens in the densely populated territory, which is a quarter the size of Greater London, languish in poverty, a select few live in marble-floored mansions and luxury hotels. According to the Embassy of Israel in the U.S., three of Hamas's most senior leaders, uh, Musa Abu Marzouk, Khalid Mashal, and Ismail Hanaya, uh, have net worths of more than $3 billion, with a B, billion each. The embassy also claims that Hamas's annual turnover is $1 billion and suggests the group is second only to ISIS as the world's richest terror group. Hamas is best known for its military wing, with reports that 40,000 terrorists wear the group's badge, thousands of whom took part in the October 7th attack. They are armed to the teeth with rifles and rockets and have vowed to destroy Israel, kill all the Jews from the river to the sea. That's what they're talking about there. Jordan River all the way to the Med. But the group is also the de facto authority that governs over Gaza, running organizations including its healthcare system, social services, and the media. It took power in 2006 with its political leader, Ismail Hania, as I mentioned earlier, assuming the role of prime minister that year, remains in control of the territory and, having called no election since, <laughs> is essentially an authoritarian regime. In the years since taking control, the group's leaders have profited off the misery of the Gazan people. And, and we need to be praying for the Gazan people. We need to be praying for God's justice to hunt down the members of Hamas. But there's a lot of people there. Just because they're in Gaza doesn't mean they're Hamas. So we need to be praying for those people. In a video, the Embassy of Israel in the U.S. accused the group of using its funds for building tunnels and arming its fighters rather than building vital infrastructure such as wells and water treatment. So when you think it's uh, the Jews in Israel that have done this to the Palestinians in Gaza, you are placing blame at the wrong feet. It's Hamas. A study from 2021 suggested that about one quarter of disease spread in the territory is caused by water pollution, and 12% of deaths of young children are due to infections related to contaminated water. 
Quote, while Gazans are deprived of basic needs, Hamas used aid and funds to line their own pockets, the embassy said in a post on X, formerly Twitter. Israel has also said Hamas continues to attack across the border without building civilian bomb shelters, knowing the Israel military will retaliate so they can make Israel look like the bad guys here, right? According to German news outlet Bild, there are four Hamas officials who have grown particularly wealthy over the years. <sighs> Drives me nuts. Israeli military says they're unaware of it. Uh, Hanya is believed to be the richest of the three, despite once vowing to live only in olive oil and zatar spice. Uh huh. Right. A 61-year-old father of 13 children, Hanya has been hiding since 2019, living the high life in luxury hotels in Qatar and Turkey. Oh, wait a second. He's nowhere near the Gaza Strip. billionaire coward german tabloid build reports that he often jets between tehran istanbul moscow interesting and cairo in his private jet to meet leaders in friendly nations right he's flying over the world in leather ma is another one one of his sons and his other son abdel are often seen in instagram posts lounging on hotel beds in istanbul or doha Maz, who is a very wealthy real estate mogul in his own right, is known on the Gaza Strip as the father of houses. When he's in Turkey, he's often seen in the company of attractive women and alcohol, despite his Islamic faith. <laughs> the publication estimates his net worth to be $2.5 million, while the Israel embassy to the U.S. suggested it was, oh, they're off a little bit, $3.2 billion. Another one says it's $5 billion. And according to documents obtained by German newspaper Welt and Sontag, the group has a financial empire outside the Gaza Strip worth nearly $750 million. But how has Hamas con- uh, accumulated its wealth? On account of it being a terror group, Hamas has cut off from assistance to the likes of the United States and the European Union that both provide support to the Palestinian Liberation Organization in the West Bank. Historically, Palestine expats and private benefactors in the Middle East provided much of the group's funding. Hmm. Israel has in the past also allowed Qatar to provide hundreds of millions of dollars in assistance to the authorities in Gaza, while other foreign aid comes through the Palestinian National Authority and United Nations AIDS groups, aid group, and then, of course, Hamas just takes the money. Right? That's what they're doing. And, and people, oh, Hamas, uh, we totally understand. They're the oppressed. No, wrong. The leadership of Hamas are the oppressors. So if you're all woke and you think that the world is about the oppressed and the oppressors, the oppressors, in this case, is Hamas, the leadership. The oppressed would be the uh, innocent Israeli civilians. So you're wrong when you're out there in Washington, D.C. or on a college campus supporting, quote-unquote, Palestinians, i.e. Hamas. You're wrong. You're ignorant. God help you. And it just goes on and on. It's just disgusting, all this stuff. Hamas. Once again, rich and powerful, just lining their own pockets and don't care about the people they say they care about and they say that they're uh, representing. No, they're not. That's a joke. It's all about them. It's not even about Islam. It's about power and money and prestige and pride. For these guys, it's not about Islam. They They like you to think it is, but it isn't. You got to get down to the poor ones, like like ISIS. For them, it's about Islam, but for the Hamas leadership, it's about the Benjamins, not about Muhammad. Certainly not about Allah. So pay attention, friends. Know the truth, because that will set you free. Pray appropriately. Trust in the Lord. Make sure your faith is in Him and not yourself. If you're counting on yourself at all to get into heaven. You're in trouble. Know the gospel. 
You can go to the webpage, thestevenobleshow.com. Click on heaven, okay? Read it for yourself. This is Steve Noble on The Steve Noble Show. God willing, I'll talk to you again real soon. And like my dad always used to say, ever forward.